0: The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to episode 51 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. This month has been a big focus on... Overall well being through the lens of the kinds of things we tend to focus on at the beginning of a new year. How we craft goals that fuel us and are attainable. How increasing our mindfulness in our daily lives can benefit all the different components of our well being. And what we need to know about the power of our choices when it comes to the financial side of navigating the medical world. And today, we're rounding out January with a popular New Year's refresh theme, dealing with clutter. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or read my writing, you know I love the meaning and roots of words. Clutter comes from the Middle English "clutter" or to clot and has been influenced by the words cluster, meaning things grouped together, and clatter meaning a commotion or noisy chatter. Based on that, clutter can be defined as things grouped together causing noisy chatter. And that sounds about right. Actually, I think it's a little better than the definition in the dictionary that included the word clutter, which makes me nuts. Like, how can you define a word with a word? You can't. That is not a definition. Anyway, fortunately... I have a great guest joining us today, and we're going to dive into this topic of clutter, all kinds of clutter, clutter you hadn't even considered that you had. My guest today is the owner of Conquer the Chaos, Carrie Thomas. She helps overwhelmed people organize their environments for productivity and peace of mind and her TEDx talk, From Clutter to Clarity, has over 800,000 views. Welcome, Kerry. So excited Hi. to have you here today. Hi, thank you. I'm very
1: excited to be here. I have long been a fan of your podcast, so this is exciting.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So just to give people a little bit of background, Carrie actually helped me when I did my TED talk. She, We actually met, gosh, almost a year before I did my TED Talk, and she gave me some guidance on on how to get a TED Talk together, and I was really inspired by her talk, as have many, many hundreds of thousands of people, and rightfully so, and it's really interesting to me how the different topics really have so much overlapping components. Like in my world, I talk about well-being and the areas of well-being being physical and financial and social and mental and emotional and purpose-driven. And when Carrie talks about clutter, she also has a number of types of clutter. So I'm going to have her just jump in and start sharing some of those with us and we'll see the overlaps.
1: Sure, definitely. Actually, what you just said, they have a perfect overlap because that was the whole premise behind my TED talk and also behind the work that I do with um, with women and with overwhelmed people. Is that clutter is not just our stuff. We have mental clutter and emotional clutter, and I can define those for you if you'd like. But we also have digital clutter, and we have spiritual clutter. There, there are many types. I mean, you can actually. Read articles or Google and find, you know, I've done presentations where I've listed up to 15 different types of clutter, but they always come under those main categories. I mean, there's the physical, there's the stuff, right? There's your closet that's overflowing, the garage that you can't put your car in, you know, just the piles, boxes. There's the stuff, you know, and then there is digital clutter, which is exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) It's the tens of thousands of emails. It's the messy desktop. It's the downloads that you don't remember what they are. You never changed the name. And so there's a a 40-character long letter number name of all your downloads. And you have multiples because you don't know you have it. So you re-download, et cetera. And then there are the main, what I, I, I call those, that is external clutter outside of you and then there are the main categories of what I call internal clutter which is what is going on in our heart and mind and in our soul too really and so that is mental clutter that is um, negative voices whether that's your own negative voices whether that's um, you know a spouse a child a parent the news All of those things are mental clutter. Mental clutter, I always tell people, those are the things that keep you awake at three in the morning. Very often that's the mental clutter. That's the the noise that won't stop. Emotional clutter is deeper in that it's patterns and habits that we have acquired that don't always serve us. And so that's emotional. And then the spiritual clutter is when you go even deeper than that and you're really questioning life, your existence, you know, those deep, deep, deep things of so that spiritual clutter. And so all the types, I mean, I talk with businesses and we talk about systems, clutter, et cetera. So that's still an external, that's still physical. So they can all be sort of boiled down into those categories.
0: Well, and I think that even our physical clutter can then spill over into oh. other Yes, Categories as well. And I always tell people
1: that it's like a chicken and an egg syndrome. You can't really tell what comes first. And so I know that the the people listening can't see me, but imagine I'm making a circle shape with my finger. I always say that it goes round and round and our physical clutter causes us distress and we feel uncomfortable in our homes and in our spaces. Very often, even though I encourage people to not, make your level of clutter um, like a moral sentence or something, we sadly very often have guilt over it or comparison syndrome. And so that leads to us saying negative things to ourselves, or it leads to not having people over when we wish we could have people over. And that leads to sadness, but then it keeps going because then so often I'm called in to work with people who they know how to organize, they know how to categorize things. And, you know, the old saying of everything should have a home and things like that. But very often, my clients come to me because something happened that messed up the, messed up the system, so to speak, along the way, they had an illness, they had depression, they had a death in the family, they had a move maybe that wasn't on their radar that they didn't want to make. And so that led to that feeling of being stuck, which led to the physical clutter piling up, which then, you know, led to more of the emotional. So that's why I always make that circle shape. It just, it feeds into each other, sadly. But the good news is when you start to reverse it, they also feed into each other in a positive way.
0: Yes, yes. So you made a great allusion there to... Things that happen, something that happens. And I would love for you to share your story that you share a bit of in your TED Talk in terms of your heart surgery and the things that that taught you, because I think it's very similar to a cancer story Mm -hmm. in the way that things unfold.
1: Yes and my and my friends that have had their own cancer stories have said, "Oh wow, you, you understand this more than most people do."
0: Yes. Um which,
1: you know, I don't know if that's exactly a badge of honor, but we're all in this life together, right? So, um it, it is very similar in that I thought I had everything together and with, you know, without going too long, it caught me by surprise. It was something that I knew I had a lifelong you know, issue with my heart, but I had been told numerous times that it would not cause problems. You'll live well into your 80s without any medical intervention. And I had what can best be described as a bad year. Let's just say 2020, when people talk about how bad it was, I'm like, this isn't even in the top five. <laughs> so <laughs> I had what can be described as a bad year, which led to. It, it's interesting, but it led to my heart um, deteriorating quickly. So, you you know, that's a whole podcast in itself there, the meaning of actual heartache and heartbreak. Um, and so what happened from that is I bounced back very quickly and I thought, okay, I'm going to check all the boxes, you know, cardiac rehab, check. I did a half marathon 11 months after surgery, check. I was doing my own grocery shopping two weeks later. Check. You know, I, I felt like if I can get back to normal, I can regain control.
0: <laughs> yes. I. It's funny. I was listening back to the TED Talk this morning and I was thinking, oh, isn't that interesting? And also, it's interesting how we can listen to something many times at different points and draw something new. And one of the things that I drew from it this morning was a parallel to my own story. I was like, Oh, isn't that interesting? She ran a half marathon. Like I ran dopey a year after. Isn't that interesting? How not only do we fill our houses and our cars and our storage units and our computers and all the things, but in our as you say, our hearts and our minds. We also fill our time. Mm Then you don't have to face things. A beautiful, (laughs) like, we were literally running away from whatever it was we weren't wanting to deal with. So Yes,
1: and you would think, oh, training that much, you know, that would give you a lot of time to think. But I was very careful and I only trained with friends. So I never went on (laughs) long, long runs alone. Oh yes. But what happened was I had a client and I tell the story and my talk who who called me out. She basically called me out and said, um, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You are not facing a lot of things. And so I it was the first time I'd always talked, I think on a more surface level, about the different types of clutter. And it was the first time I had a face-to-face, wow, this is real. And what's ironic is, you know, you have to keep working at it, right? I mean, as far as the actual physical stuff, I know this is a parallel that we've talked about as far as with cancer, you know, you have ongoing very often, depending upon your diagnosis and the type and, but ongoing treatment or I don't know the right word, scans, words, scans, things like that. So I have to go for echocardiogram. And it's the same thing. You know, my friend, she always calls it anxiety. I don't know if that's a very common word. So, but I have that walking just sometimes, even if it's not time for my echocardiogram and I have to drive down Riverside Parkway past the building, I get anxiety. And, uh, you know, I'm always afraid, like, what if this is the year? Because they repaired my valve. They didn't replace it. And so I always think, well, you know, what if this is the year that all of a sudden it's not working anymore? And. You know, anyway, I'm like, my chest is tightening just talking about it. So it is a very real thing. And so you have to, and I talk about this in my talk just as you can't clean out your closet once and then be done for life, you can't face your mental or emotional challenges one time and be done. (laughs) There's constant maintenance. And I always say that maintenance, as I have a five step process that I lead clients through. And the last step is sustain your success, because why get organized and then not do anything about it going forward? So sustain your success is basically maintenance and accountability. And the same is true for that internal clutter, whether it's fears, negative talk, self-doubt, whatever that internal clutter is, you have to have a plan for maintenance and you have to have accountability just like your physical stuff. And that was the first time where it really hit home for me was Was after that and, you know, the ongoing just care and maintenance of my heart.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I refer to that as new level, new devil. Mm, like you, good. at every different kind of level that we get to, like we face a challenge and we navigate that. And then we think, great, I'm done with that. And then you get to the next level and like the stuff that's underlying, that's, you know, part of your mental or emotional clutter Mm -hmm. starts to come up that voice that might not belong to you. Maybe it belongs to an old boss that said something ridiculous, but you've carried that with you or A parent or a friend or whoever, it might be your own voice, but whoever's voice it is, like, you think that you've managed that and then you're like, whoa, whoa, where did you come from?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it's so true that you say that because in my talk, I say that change is the result of action and action is the result of a decision. And I did my talk in t- 2017, and two interesting things since then. One, I have learned more about the thought model. I don't know how familiar you are. And so I realized I was leaving out a couple of little parts when I made that statement. But even more than that, and when you said new level, new devil, this is what made me think of it. About, I don't know, a year and a half after my talk, maybe two years, I realized that, wow, I stood up there. And however many hundreds of thousands of people have watched it now. And yes, it was good. But in a way, I was a fraud, to be honest, because I knew that there were changes and decisions that I needed to make in my life that I wasn't making. And I knew that when I stood up there and said it. And so it's interesting because now that I've gone through you know, that process of making those decisions, I it is a new level and i can help clients in an even deeper way so we're never done learning
0: i was saying something this morning about getting back out on the running trail like i haven't been running as much like i think we always have those those things that it's like oh don't want to be the fraud which we're not a fraud we've done the we've done the things right but then one of the things that i I love about you and I was just thinking this last week when I had like texted you about my drawers I had reorganized some drawers because I'm on a I'm on a quest to to organize in a way that's sustainable for me Mm -hmm. because that's something that I have been challenged with and I made the decision to stop trying to organize in the space that I not in the space that I had but in the way that I had Like, if I need a new tool to get organized, I need a new tool. (laughs) (laughs) And I had texted you about socks. Yes. Throwing out the socks that are threadbare or have holes in them. They've been well loved. They do not, Mm -hmm. and to use a phrase my dad uses, they don't owe me anything. I like that. And then I don't throw them away. Like I'm doing the laundry and I see a hole in one of my husband's socks. It goes in the trash. And I'm like, why am I not throwing away my own socks? What is the, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had commented, oh yeah, I did that a couple of months ago. And I was like, right. Cause she does her own work.
1: <laughs> Do you remember what I said to you, what it felt like? Yes. That I, I just did that. And I said, and I strangely thought, wow, I feel like such an adult. <laughs> I have a drawer full of socks that are all intact. What an adult accomplishment!
0: <laughs> and I have a drawer where I can actually see and find my socks. I referred to my sock drawer as the Drawer of Abyss. Oh, <laughs> I needed to not be going into a drawer of Abyss and losing 10 minutes in the morning looking for a pair of socks. <laughs>
1: so no,
0: crazy. And we get Stuck
1: because we think like you just hit on something because we think, oh, well, we have to do it this way or we have to do it. The, we have to fold our t shirts like Marie Kondo folds the t shirts. And that might be very satisfying for some people. Other people might make them never fold another shirt or never put another shirt away in their whole life. And so we get stuck on doing it the way that other people have told us. Our parents taught us whatever, and you have to find what works for you. So you just hit on a very important concept in the whole organizing world, honestly.
0: Well, and in fitness as well, because I tell people all the time, like if Pilates and yoga or running or going for a walk, whatever the thing is, if it's something that I do that works for you, that's great. This will work for you. Or maybe it's just the accountability of showing up and doing the thing at an appointed time. But if you don't love the thing you're doing, it's not going to be sustainable from a fitness and exercise perspective. And it's going to sound kind of silly, but I hate the gym. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many gyms I belong to over the years. It does not work for me. People who love the gym, I'm like, power to you. Rock on with your bad self because I can't do it. Doesn't work. <laughs> and that's okay.
1: It is okay.
0: I just know that I need to do a different thing. Like I am better in nature. There's, we all get influence and energy from different environments and different yes. kinds of activities. And I think when we can tap into that, whether it's organizing, or exercising, or spending time with other humans. (laughs) And there's
1: another very important parallel between our two industries. Well, a couple of, I'll, I'll say the funny one first. The first one is no one can, you can't come up to someone and say, oh, guess what? I bought you 20 sessions with a personal trainer. Because if they don't want to go, they're not going to go. And that's highly insulting. Right. True. People always call me and say, oh, I want to buy organizing for my parents. And I say, well, are your parents on board? Because otherwise this is not going to work. And the second way that our industries are very similar is that you have to ask yourself why. Yes. Why am I getting organized? If you're getting organized just because you think that that's what you're supposed to do and your house is supposed to look a certain way, guess what? You're not going to have success or you're not going to have long-term success. And same with fitness. You have to be doing it for you and for your health and for your body. And you know, it, you're know, you not going to have long-term success if it's just to fit into a dress for a certain event. Right. And so you have to ask yourself why. And that's what another thing I tell people is that the level of Clutter, organization, disorganization, whichever word you want to put in there, it's going to ebb and flow throughout your life with how you're feeling, with your physical health, with the ages of your children, with what's going on. You know, if you are getting your PhD and you have a two year old and a puppy, your house is going to look very different from someone who is 54 and cruising along in their career and their kids are in college. Those are very different houses and you cannot compare the two. So that that is an interesting parallel between what we do.
0: Yeah, I like to say should is someone else's priority. Exactly. (laughs) And on that, we're going to take a quick break and then Carrie and I will be back. So stay with us. I hope you're enjoying Unspoken Cancer Truths. I help people to get moving again. And sometimes you just need to switch up the approach or find a new challenge, especially when thinking about starting back after treatment or an illness. One of my goals is to help you flip the idea of exercise as something that's hard, awful, or daunting and make it something fun, maybe even a little social, safely of course. The important thing is that you wanna get started and you're happy to show up for yourself. And then you want to stay in the game because it feels good to move. And you had fun doing it. Ready to reimagine exercise? You can email me at jennifer at fitnessdesignsolutions.com. Or schedule a copy chat with me through the Facebook group. Surviving is just the beginning. Now back to the show. We're back. I'm here with Carrie Thomas from Conquer the Chaos and we are talking about all things clutter and organization. So we were talking in our break about the different kind of definitions of clutter and Carrie's going to share with us a different view of the definition of the word clutter.
1: Sure, it came up during break because I I told Jen that it was interesting in her research that she found that it derived from the word clot. Because one of the definitions that I use very often when I'm talking to people or in speaking engagement is that clutter is anything that is clogging your life and keeping you from living the life that you want to lead or are meant to lead. So it could be keeping you from your purpose, keeping you from your dreams. And that happens with the physical stuff. And with the internal stuff. So I've had people that couldn't move and make a move that they wanted across country to be a family because they literally couldn't put their house on the market yet. And then we all can relate to when we're not living in our purpose or following our dreams because of what we're telling ourselves in our head. And so that was interesting to me because I always use that word that it's clogging, clogging your life. But the best definition, because it's just so simple. And it encompasses everything, is the one that is in my TED Talk. It is trademarked by my dear friend and mentor, Barbara Hemphill. And that is clutter is postponed decisions. And the beauty of that is in the simplicity because it works and it can be applied to every type of clutter if you have things in your closet, and you don't make a decision of, you know, they're the wrong size, (laughs) say, and am I really going to lose the 10 pounds? Am I going to put forth the effort? Am I going to box these up and save them for later? Am I going to give them to my sister? Am I going to find a women's shelter? So we're postponing that decision. We're postponing the decision of You know what we want to do with things, where we would put things. It's just it's all postponing, and so that happens with email. You think about you. I always tell people, don't look at email. There were air quotes around that. Process your email. Do it with intention. Intention is a huge word for me with my clients, and. So we don't make decisions. We look at an email or we pick up a piece of paper and we put it back down or we just go on to the next email and you don't make a decision. Am I going to sign up for this? Am I going to reply to this? How am I going to reply to this? So every time we put off a decision, the clutter piles up and you can think of it with paper the most, probably the most visually because you just, you shuffle it from place to place, and you don't open it, (laughs) you don't make a decision on it. And so it grows, that pile grows. And it the same thing happens with the internal clutter. You know, we don't, I use some examples in my talk of, am I going to leave this job? Am I going to write this book? Am I going to leave this relationship? Am I going to go back to school? And so we lay there at night ruminating and stressing because we're not making a decision. And the second we make a decision and move forward on it, that level of clutter, whether it's internal or external, automatically starts to diminish. So that is my favorite definition. Clutter is postponed decisions.
0: And when we look at the word decide, right, Mm -hmm. the word decide at its root means d and side to kill off all other options yep like that is the root definition of the word to decide when you make a decision you kill off all other options
1: <laughs> yes and that's that's the most common thing i hear people afraid well what if i need it later what if I get rid of this and then I want it? What if I, and so they're afraid to kill off the other options. They're afraid to make decisions.
0: Yes, for sure. So one of the organizing projects that I did this year was during, during COVID Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my not copious free time, because I don't know where all this (laughs) free time everyone's talking about is, but I had to do something about my closet. It is like a small room over my garage with slanted with a slanted roof. It had two hanging things in it. And that didn't work. Like my stuff was had just been like piled in there. It was constantly a mess. It was horrible. I could not put things away effectively. Like I was not being effective in that space.
1: Think and of was, the time you were wasting too. I don't want to interrupt, but just think about that. And I want all all the listeners to think like the time that we waste. Yes, because we're not making decisions. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I just had to bring that up.
0: No, no, that's so important. So when I did that project, I did it in little phases. Like I went through every piece of clothing. Now, I had been in tech. I wore suits and dressed up for work. I've owned a fitness studio for the last ten years. I wear suits very infrequently.
1: Did your suits have shoulder pads?
0: <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> they
0: were not that old. <laughs> very good.
1: I see a lot of those. That's why I asked.
0: <laughs> they were actually—they were at the ones I did keep a couple because they fit mm-hmm. and they were classically cut, so that it doesn't matter if I don't take that thing out for five years. It's still going to, as long as it fits, it's still going to look appropriate. But I tried on every piece of clothing. And if it didn't fit, it didn't stay. It did not matter how much I loved it or how close it was. I had a cute little vintage jacket with these cute little buttons. And it's a small, my arms, I could not move my arms when I wore it. It fit, but I have long arms. I do not have small size arms. I texted, I took a picture of it. I texted my niece. I said, what do you think of this jacket? She was like, that's amazing. I was like, it's yours. I'm putting it aside for you. And everything else left. And then I took what I had and I designed my closet around it. But then I was talking to the client who had cleaned out their closet and they were like, there's only six things in my closet that fit. And I said, did you try on everything else? No. "Well, How do you know that they don't fit? <laughs> like, how do you know that they don't fit? It's like if you took a box of paper and you just said, I, I'm throwing it away. Did, did you make sure there's nothing important in that box? Like... Your, pa- your passport, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, that that was the, the long way around of um, the why. You had talked right. about the why. Like, we may feel like something's not, doesn't fit, but if we don't put it on our body, how do we know? <laughs> Right?
1: And I, I'm gonna turn the tables on you here for a second. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the podcast interviewer because what you said is so rare, honestly, that you were just ready. You know, you made a definitive, you made that decision, you decided. Yeah. But I would love to ask you, if you don't mind, like what led to that mindset of you being able to be in that space of I'm going in here, I'm gonna try it all on. And if it doesn't fit, it goes, because that is honestly rare in what I do. So I'm very curious what led to that, that space of being ready to do that.
0: So I think in this particular case, it was a few different things. We moved here four years ago and I love jackets. I had tons of jackets. Like I don't have, I didn't have a lot of classic suits. Like a lot of my stuff was mix and match. And I was like, oh, I love these jackets. They fit. I'm keeping them. I was looking at huge amounts of real estate in my closet being taken up with jackets that I hadn't worn in the time that I lived here. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at a bunch of backwards hangers because I hung yeah, I everything love, on I backwards yeah, so that when I wore it, the hanger went around the front way. And then, you know, you wore it. Because we all tell ourselves, oh, I wore that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was looking at a bunch of backward taint and I was like, okay, I have the things that I wear all the time. I don't even know it's such a mess in here. I don't even know what I have. I need to get this organized and sorted so that when I put things on, I feel good in them. I'm not putting on something that I put it on and go, oh, can't wear this today. Like I have that. Right. Right. So that was kind of that was kind of the reason for that. But I had a similar situation in my office. I have a beautiful office next to my studio and I was not using it. Mm. I had my desk was small. I didn't have good. I'm a piler. I'm a piler by nature. It is who I am. Me too. It's just. How life works and so for me I have to have the right the right things like Mm -hmm. right now I have like bills and items that I need to take action on and I'm like I need a place where like those I can go from my mailbox put it on my shelf and the next time I'm at my desk just deal with those things I'm like, okay, that's a thing that I I need to decide, right? I need to just decide where that's going to be and not this pile over here and that pile over there because yes. that's what will happen.
1: I tell everyone needs to decide that. And I say, you know, you need to think of it as an old fashioned, like an inbox.
0: Yes. You know, if you
1: think of an office, you need that for your house too. And I always tell people decide right now you don't need a box. You don't need a fancy place. It can be all my incoming mail always goes on this corner of my desk But it all needs to go in one place. But I do tell people decide now you can change it later. But from this moment forward, where is all your mail to be processed going to go? So yeah, you are completely right.
0: And that, that brings up a a great thing that we had talked about as well, because I had asked you before we got started, like what guidance would you have for just taking that first step of getting out of overwhelm?
1: That, you're you're right. That does tie to what I just said. Yes, because overwhelm is a, a very real thing. It keeps us paralyzed. It keeps us stuck. It keeps us in our bad habits. It keeps us from making those decisions. And so I always encourage people and I I teach my clients or people in my group, okay, we are going to learn skills And you are going to apply those skills, I always say for the internal clutter, we develop a toolkit that you can pull from. But the most important thing is from right now, (laughs) from this first session, from this first conversation, from listening to this podcast, from right now, just make a decision that there are going to be no new piles, no new things clogging up. It is Always the most effective to start with the most current things, get those habits underway and then work backwards. I always encourage people to, if you're truly overwhelmed, start small, designate one, no clutter zone. That can be your kitchen table for some people that makes them very happy when the table is always clear. That can be your counters, that can be your entryway, your desk, whatever it is say this is now a no clutter zone. You know, try to put things away the best you can, but if you need to temporarily put things in a box, find new homes, whatever it is, clean that area, make it feel really good and new. If it's your table, maybe you put some flowers and you train yourself and your family if necessary that we no longer dump things here. And yes, you will have to figure out where things go after that. But if you start small like that and you train yourself, wow, this feels good. I can breathe easier when I'm in this space now. I feel better when I walk into my home or my office now. And you start training yourself to find new homes for things, but also to enjoy that that feeling, that decluttered feeling. And so you, you start small and you grow space by space. Okay, we have mastered this. We've found homes for the stuff that we used to dump here. Now we're going to move on to this new space. And that process can take as long as it needs to take, depending upon the level of overwhelm. But I always encourage people to start with today. Start small. Start with one space and then go forward. Um, Another quick tip that I always give people if you're truly overwhelmed and you don't even know where to begin is to go around your home the night before garbage day and with a bag and say, okay, I'm going to find three things in each room that are trash. And it can be simple. It can be a pen that you know doesn't write. It can be a wrapper. It can be a tag that you took off a piece of clothing. And if you want to keep going after three, that's fine. But if you don't, make it a game. Say, all right, three things in each room. And what's going to happen eventually is some rooms that you don't go in often you're not going to have any more trash. And so that's kind of fun. And each room will slowly, you know, start to get better. You can do the same thing with donations. You can have a temporary donation box in the hallway and encourage everybody to find one thing each day that we're going to donate until the box is full. Little things like that, but starting small.
0: Yeah, I love that. It occurred to me as you were talking, what sparked my office revamping. Because one day I was on a call on a Sunday. Now, when I was roaming around the house, it was very easy when my husband was at work. But one Sunday I had a call. And I had to be in my office. And I had these shelves You can't see me, but I'm making this, like, motion toward myself. Like they're falling on top of her. These shelves, like, came in at me. Like, they attached to the outer sides of the desk. And the desk was, like, an L, but it was only five feet. So there were, like, two and a half feet in front of me, two and a half feet in the corner. And then these shelves coming in at me from both sides. And it was piled. And no one could see my piles, except I was sitting in this space, having this call. And I was like, at the end of the call, my coach said, one word, like everyone needs to have one word for how they're feeling or whatever. And she said, how are you doing? I was like, okay. And she was like, no. And I was like, my desk is eating me. (laughs)
1: it's so funny. I wish everyone could see you because as she's telling this story, she's actually shrinking in her chair. Like I'm actually seeing less and less of her. Like she's actually being eaten by her (laughs) piles.
0: And the funny thing was, is that that day before the call, my husband and I had been watching a movie and I had been surfing like Wayfair and Overstock and I was just looking at desks. And it was something I was going to do in the future. And I got off that call and I picked out a desk and I ordered it. (laughs) Quick decision right there. (laughs) But I have been sitting at this desk almost every day since it arrived. And it's not perfect and it's a work in progress, but that like just getting to that point. And Mm -hmm. as a cancer survivor, I have found... I was always kind of on that cusp of like ADD and keeping my focus in check. And on the other side of chemo, that is definitely a much harder proposition. So areas that feel chaotic or confusing or clattery, (laughs) noisy, so to speak, have yes. a bigger impact on me than i think they used to. Yes.
1: And i can relate to that also. That is another parallel between heart surgery. There's a real phenomenon called pump head
0: from yes. being
1: on the bypass machine. You know when they they stop your heart from beating, which is like so freaky to even think about, but so your blood goes through the machine and when they put your blood back in, even though they test you beforehand and you have to have, you know, tests to make sure that you don't have blockages and things, there's still little micro particles that get stirred up and get put back in. And so a lot of people have cognitive problems after heart surgery, memory loss, things like that. And so that was another thing that I was not used to. I was used to being... Pretty quick on my feet, and things came easily. And now all of a sudden, I can't think. And it was so that, is, that is another thing that I completely understand. So one thing I started doing more regularly during that time was at least weekly doing a brain dump. Yeah, everything that I could think of, I got down on paper, and I didn't censor myself. It was, if it was to do things, if it was thoughts, feelings. I teach this a lot now. Um, I just got it all out on paper. And then from there, I would categorize, you know, or some of these are a shopping list. Some of these are to do items. Some of these are things I might need to journal about. So I would categorize from there. The other thing that was very helpful during that time is I developed a new habit that I never had had to have before that. But I would have a master to do list. And then I became religious about writing out just my daily tasks. And I actually use index cards for that. I actually have some sitting right here. Not that they can see, but you can see. <laughs> and index cards, if you are a post-it note person, think, look into switching to index cards because they're actually cheaper than post-it notes in the long run. And they're a little bit bigger. And so I write out I have a personal one and a business one. And I write just my three main things, like what do I have to get done today? And that has really helped over the years, because I used to do, oh, I have a planner, and oh, I have a calendar. And oh, I try this. And it it didn't really matter because I was able to keep it in my brain. And so after the surgery, and developing that pump head, and then, you know, just getting older and things. So I had to really train myself to that on a regular basis. And I think, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? I think everything that I went through has made me better with my clients. It's made me teach better tactics, understand their struggles more. But I did have to do that for myself, definitely.
0: Yes, I can 100% relate to that as well. You know, the kind of the silver linings. I'm very, very big on you know, silver linings and kind of living in that in that silver lining space of things happen and they test us and <laughs> the things that we're not prepared for, like, I know you were not prepared for the cognitive challenges as cancer survivors. I don't think that, like, nurses and doctors will look at you and go, chemo brain, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's chemo brain. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not Oh yeah, that's chemo brain. Like it's I can't like remember people's names. <laughs> like I can't word recall. This is this is not Oh yeah, that happens. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I developed really bad vertigo and I would have this sensation of like my vision closing in on me. And I went to so many doctors and finally one doctor said, you know, some things we just don't understand. And I know with cancer, you, you often hear that same thing. Well, we're not sure why you have that, (laughs) but there's some things we just don't understand. Luckily, a, a very good friend of mine had the same surgery. Well, not luckily, but she had the same surgery a couple of years after me, same surgery, same surgeon, same hospital. She developed the same weird blacking out episodes. And so that made me, well, one, feel like I wasn't crazy, but two, I I was able to save her some time. I said, you know what? They're never going to figure it out. Here's what you do. (laughs) Just live with it. So it is important to talk about this.
0: Yes, Not absolutely prevent some of that
1: mental and emotional clutter bringing it out into the light.
0: Yes, so many of the things that we encounter and that happen we think, "Oh, is this, no one's talking about this. So, is this only happening to me?" And the reality is that more often than not, it's just that we're not talking about it because mm-hmm. Someone doesn't want to say, hey, these weird things are happening to me. Are they happening to you? <laughs> yeah. And that's and my actually
1: episodes, my episodes would happen a lot in Target. And I was like, what? Why? I, am I allergic to Target? <laughs> 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 it was pretty funny. After the fact, it was funny.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so so much this was so much fun and i think we could continue to talk on this topic and and the similarities because i think there are so many like across so many different topics um like categorizing the emotional and mental clutter like there's so much trauma that's starting to be diagnosed in people now that is really that emotional and and mental clutter and the the imprints of the things we've experienced that we didn't have a mechanism to process
1: right oh that right we could talk about that forever in your neuropathways and yes there's there's a lot to dive into yes i think we scratched the surface today for sure
0: yes absolutely so thank you so much you are welcome this was awesome this was so beneficial. I think people are going to get, get a lot of great tips and tricks. So thank you for that. (laughs) That's our episode for this week. Remember, if you'd like to share your story or you know someone who might be a great guest, please connect with me. You can come on over to the Facebook page. Surviving is just the beginning to join the community. And you can check out there, uh, the coffee chat post to schedule some time on my calendar Or check out the resources on the podcast homepage for the Coffee Chat link and for ways to connect with Carrie as well because there will be a link to her TED Talk as well as her website. So please check that out. Thanks for listening and have a great week.